0: Welcome to episode two of my podcast. We're working on learning, coming up on a steep learning curve, learning how to do podcasts. So hopefully we'll be making improvements with each episode and developed a a website to host this now, PastorCliffsNotes.com. We're studying the Word of God. What's the purpose of studying the Word of God? Well, it's not just to be smarter, it's to actually know God. God has revealed himself, and he's revealed himself through a variety of ways. One of the most accessible ways is the Bible, the Word, where God's told us things. He's, he's revealed himself to us. And, and the purpose of studying that is to know God so that we can follow God. We say we are followers of Christ, but the challenge there is how do we follow him if we don't know what he says following him looks like. So we're studying 1 John, a letter of the Apostle John to a church or a group of churches that he's been ministering to that he has an ongoing relationship with. And they have some challenges. They need some guidance. They're dealing with false teachers, people who are coming and proclaiming some things that are new and different and actually leading people in in ways that are dangerous. So John is giving them some guidance. He's giving them some truth to to hang on to and giving them assurance. Assurance in the gospel they've heard, assurance in what they've been taught, assurance on how to faithfully follow Christ. Now we need guidance. It's not like we're that sophisticated. We have challenges all around us. We have competing claims of truth. And so we need to anchor ourselves in the truth of the word of God. We need the assurance that we are on the right track and to protect ourselves against the deception that's all around us. So that's why we're studying 1 John. Just as the people that John was writing to 2,000 years ago needed this, we need this. So last time we went through 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Well, today we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. So let's read through this. John says, What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. It's just two verses, but boy, they are packed with a lot of stuff. John's carrying on this um, same uh, dual message that uh, we, we looked at last time, the idea of being a witness, but also being a messenger. What we have seen and heard. We are witnesses, we have seen, we have heard. But then we're also messengers, we also declare to you. let look at this a little more detail. He says, what we have seen and heard. Well, what is it that he has seen and heard? We looked at this last time. He said, what we've seen and heard is that which was from the beginning, that which we heard that which we've seen with our eyes, what we've observed and touched with our hands, that's what he's seen and heard. And he's talking about Jesus, talking about his personal experience with Christ. He followed him personally for three and a half years. He traveled with Jesus. He lived with Jesus. He heard all the things that Jesus said He watched Jesus be executed. He experienced Jesus rising from the dead. He watched the miracles that Jesus performed. What he's seen and heard is the gospel, the story of Christ, and how that applies to us. This is what he's seen and heard. And this is what he's declaring to the churches he's ministering to and and also to us. Now, this whole thing, verses 1 through 3, is one big run-on sentence. And if you try and diagram it, it's kind of difficult. You have to look back to the original language to see, you know, what are participles and what are verbs and what, all that stuff. But um, if, if you look into that, you see this verb declare. This is the main verb of this run-on sentence. He's basically saying we declare this to you. And so we have to look into this, what is this that he's declaring. And he's declaring about his experience, what he has witnessed about Jesus Christ. But the main verb is, we're declaring that to you. Then in verse 4, he says, we're writing these things. Well, that's part of how he's declaring it. He declares verbally, but he's declaring in writing. So this is the main thing. We're declaring the thing to you. What is this thing? Jesus Christ. Then he gives up reason. Why are we declaring this thing to you? So that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Let's look at this a little more detail. It says, the reason I'm writing this, the reason I'm declaring my experiences about Christ to you is so that you may have fellowship with us and then he amplifies that fellowship is with the Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ. So this is this is important. This is the reason he's writing it. Not just so you can know things, not just so you can be smarter, not just because I want to tell you about these things, but his reason is fellowship. Now the, the word here that gets translated as fellowship is koinonia. And, and this a word appears four times in First John, and it's all right here in a few verses. Chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 is the, the only places that, that John uses this word. And, and then Paul uses it 13 times in his letters. This word koinonia that gets translated as fellowship. What's it mean? And if you look through all the uses of it, it's primarily referring to, it can often gets translated as fellowship but it, what it means is community. Often it's translated as sharing, partnership, participation. So if you t- take all of that together, we get a sense of, of what this is referring to. It's, it's the idea of this community of followers of Christ of people who are sharing Christ with one another, sharing materially with one another, sharing in relationships with one another, is being in partnership with one another and partnership with God, participating in the things of God together. This is this idea of fellowship. It's that thing we call the community of the people of God. And that is his purpose. That's why he's declaring these things to the churches and declaring these things to us. The purpose is so that we can be part of this community of the people of God. Participating in the things of God. And he goes on, he says, you may have this fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So our fellowship with God with Christ is based on our faith, our faith in Christ, believing Christ is who he said he is, believing that Christ did what the Bible tells us he did, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, believing that Jesus did live on earth, believing that Jesus did die on the cross for our sins and was resurrected and that we can have a relationship with him. That's our fellowship with God through Christ. And that is the basis of our fellowship with one another. Our fellowship being part of the community of God's people is based on that common faith, based on that common belief. The fact that if we follow God through faith in Christ and have confessed our sin, and asks for forgiveness, and receive the forgiveness that Christ offers, along with that is adoption by God, that common relationship with God. And that's the basis of our fellowship. So John's reason for making this declaration, for writing this letter, is fellowship. Fellowship with the Father and Christ, fellowship with one another. Then in verse 4, He says, we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Well, he's writing, that's his declaration. Writing these things. What things? The things he's been talking about. The word of life. That Jesus is the word of life. Jesus is the son of God. That's these things he's writing. And he's writing those so that our joy may be complete. Well, let's talk more about this. Our joy? He's writing so our joy? Why why wouldn't he be writing so their joy? Shouldn't he be saying, I'm writing these things so that your joy may be complete? Is that selfish? And what's he even mean by our? Does our mean John and his compatriots that he's with right now? Or does our mean John and the people that are reading these things? And should it be our or your? Because if you look at several different Bibles, some Bibles say your joy. Some Bibles say our joy. Now, the, the oldest manuscripts use our, but but your may seem like it fits better. Maybe that's why some of the later manuscripts say your. But really, I, I think it, it doesn't matter <laughs> because uh, in, in John's third letter, third John, verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than this, to hear my children are walking in truth. So, we should look here at what joy actually is. Joy is, he says, I, I want our joy to be complete, or is I want your joy to be complete? Well, these are the similar words that, that John used in his gospel, uh, Jesus says in John fifteen eleven. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And in John 15, what he's talking about is abiding in Christ. So Jesus is saying, abiding in me will make your joy complete and that will make my joy complete. So we see this linkage between our joy and Christ's joy. Christ's joy will be in that our joy is complete and our joy is based on that relationship with God. In in the very next chapter in the Gospel of John, John 16, 24, Jesus says, Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. Here we see our joy wrapped up in experiencing God working in our life. So our joy is in knowing Christ, following Christ, seeing God working in our life. And our joy is linked to Christ's joy. And the very next chapter in the Gospel of John, John 17, and this is Jesus's prayer, his prayer shortly before he goes to the cross. In John 17, 13, he's praying to the Father. He says, I'm coming to you, and I speak the things in the world so that they may have joy completed in them. That is, Jesus says, I am sharing the gospel, so that the people who hear the gospel and respond to the gospel may have their joy completed. They may have complete joy. Here the the joy he's talking about is the joy of knowing God. So it, it's linked who is we, whether it's it's John and his compatriots, whether it's John and the readers, and and whether it's our joy, being uh, John's joy, or John and the readers' joy, or the re- it's really all the same, just as Jesus said, you know, your joy is linked to my joy. John says in in third John, he says, this is my joy will be no greater than this, than that my children are walking to the truth. This is you know, I experience this. What really makes me happy is to see people responding to the gospel, to see people knowing God's word diving in the God's word, being transformed by the word of God, to see people growing in their relationship with God, to see people having that joy of following Christ. That adds to my joy. That completes my joy. So it's all together. So the bottom line, what John really wants here, John wants these people he's writing to to have a dynamic, healthy relationship with God, a growing relationship with God. That will make their joy complete, that will make his joy complete, that will make Christ's joy complete. John's writing this letter so that people can know Christ, have a better relationship, a deeper relationship with Christ. So what about us? John's writing this so that their joy can be complete. Well, he's also, by extension, writing it so that our joy can be complete. We have the same declaration of John's testimony of what he saw and heard that the people he's writing to have. We have the same letter he wrote to them. And so we can experience the same fellowship, fellowship with God and fellowship with one another that John's talking about to the people he's writing to. We can have the completed joy that he talks about by knowing Christ and knowing God through Christ. So well, how's all this work? Well, it, it comes back to the gospel. Hearing the gospel, responding to the gospel in faith, and having a relationship with God. That's how our joy can be complete, and that's the, the joy that John's talking about. So how do we know God? Well, if you look on my website pastorcliffsnotes.com, there's a, a little article there on how to know God. That's the big challenge for us. Will we grow in the word of God and know God and by that complete our joy and experience the joy of Christ? Thanks for joining me. Next time we'll, we'll continue to look at this and we'll look a little more about what is this message that John is proclaiming and look some more about this fellowship that John is talking about.